welcome to series two of my podcast, Innovation, where we get to hear stories and experiences of incredible women in science and technology. Not only will you get insights into some fascinating innovations, but you may even also relate to their stories, especially if you're a little unconventional or non-conforming. As with all science and technology, what these women do have a real impact on all of our lives, whether we realise it or not. But here on Innovation, I'm also giving women a platform for them to be heard and for us to be inspired and uplifted by what they've learned along their own life journeys. This week, I talked to Georgia Lilly, a structural engineer, and most importantly, an apprentice. My name is Georgia Lilly. I'm a design engineer apprentice who works for Waterman Group. Um, I study a civil engineering degree part-time at London Southbank University, whilst also working as a structural engineer, usually in the London office, but currently from home. What does the Waterman Group do? Waterman Group are a multidisciplinary design consultant who have many specialities including building services, um, structural engineering services, environmental and highways engineering. Um, I work within a structural team um, who focus on usually quite large um, mixed-use buildings in London. We carry out the structural calculations to make sure that the building is structurally sound and that it's safe for people to use. What you do in engineering sounds quite masculine. It's awful for me to say that because we're trying to get rid of stereotypes, not create them. But what made you want to go into something that isn't typically female? Um, Although structural engineering is mainly male-dominated, there's no reason why women are any less capable of carrying out the same same tasks. Um, I'm used to working around men just because I went to an all-boys sick, sick form and since I started in the industry, it is male-dominated, unfortunately. Um, I do a lot of work to try and encourage more women into STEM because um, there's definitely an imbalance at the moment, but the, it is certainly shifting in the right direction. Cool. I mean, it's so great the work you're doing if you are encouraging more women into engineering, civil engineering, but... What got you interested in going into this field in the first place? Like, tell me your career journey. How did it start and how did it sort of like snowball? Um, When I was at school, particularly sick form, I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do when I left. There was a lot of emphasis put on making this decision and making it the right decision because of how important it is. Um, I knew that I enjoyed physics. I did the three sciences and I knew that physics was the one that I wanted to pursue a career in, Um, but I wasn't sure what exactly. So I I didn't want to go to university and spend a lot of money on something that I wasn't 100% into. So I started looking around at careers that involved physics and particularly mechanics, which was my favourite module. I stumbled upon, I'd never heard of civil engineering before or structural engineering, but my dad had mentioned it. Um, He used to work as a mechanical engineer at Imperial College, and he's always been quite engineering based. Um, So he suggested civil engineering. So I just looked up apprenticeships online and found the application for the Waterman um, Design Engineer Apprentice Scheme. 
um, I didn't have maths at A-level, which was a requirement for any um, level six or degree apprenticeship scheme, but I thought there was no harm in applying anyway. Um, the worst they could do was turn me down. So I sent in my application and um, I was really chuffed to find out that they were happy to accept me based on my um, GCSE results. So there's been a lot of catch up since then, but um, I've definitely found the role to be like to suit me. Um, it's a lot of, I'm, I mainly wanted office space work, which it is with some variation, you know, going on site, attending meetings. And um, it's, you know, it is a lot of calculations. And I think the, the joy of it is seeing um, kind of numbers and, you know, equations come to life in the form of a building. And, yeah, it's a really fulfilling career that I wouldn't have, that I'd never heard of until I started doing it really, really. Yeah, it's kind of, I'm like trying to put myself in your shoes and, you know, you're good at physics, you find it interesting, and then somehow or other you fall into civil engineering. Like that's such a, at any point, were you not intimidated by the subject? Because it just seems so sort of like, I don't know, not very like welcoming or something. I don't know. Bridges, they just seem like big, massive, cold objects. Like, what was it that made it appealing to you? Um, when I first started, I didn't particularly, like I said, I didn't know anything about anything. And I wasn't particularly enthralled by structures and buildings generally. I'm not one of them people. You know, I've got friends who are architects who really find you can see a real passion for buildings and structures. And I, I didn't start with that at all. Um, I mainly wanted to go into it because I, I knew that I enjoyed mechanics and seeing, you know, mathematics come to life. And so this was kind of the job description was kind of perfect for me. Um, I enjoy talking to people, which a lot of the job is, and, you know, going to meetings, being on the phone with people, clients, um, so I knew that I, I've kind of fit the job description, although I hadn't always been invested in um, putting up buildings. But the longer I've done it, I've now had done this apprenticeship for about um, three and a half years. And I do notice within myself, the more you know about it, the more you find things really interesting. Um, you know, you'll go past buildings in the street and you'll look at them and be like, wow, that's, that's really amazing how they've managed to complete that. So I do think the more the more you know about something, the more you can appreciate other people's work and um, the more you find yourself becoming passionate about specific types of design. So um, it was quite daunting starting, especially there's a lot of vocabulary and things that you've just never heard of before that you have to kind of pick up as you go. But that's why I, um, an, like, an apprenticeship is good because I always thought if I get in, Although I want, you know, it's a five-year long apprenticeship and I want to walk away with a degree and those five years of experience. But I thought, you know, because the degree is paid for by the government and or my company um, and not myself, even if I got three years in and thought this really isn't for me, I can walk away um, without having lost a load of money um, in the venture. So luckily that hasn't happened. 
um, I'm still really keen on it and excited to see what the my future career holds. But, um, you know, nothing would have been lost if it hadn't been for me and it would have been a good learning experience. I must say, meeting girls that enjoy physics and they're good at physics um, puts you in quite a minority. Um, were you ever aware that you were kind of not the norm, that you were sort of breaking stereotypes? And if you were aware of it, how uh, did you deal with that? Um, within the industry, it's like I say, there's not there's not too many women at the moment. Um, when I first was at, when I was at school, it was um, a bit of a fluke, really, that I ended up taking physics because I wanted to take biology and chemistry originally to do um, dietetics, which I thought was my passion. And then um, when I got to the the sixth form, I wanted to go to. Um, they didn't have English language, which was what I was going to study as my third option. So I thought, well, I'll, I'll pick physics because I love physics. And um, turns out that was the only one that I really enjoyed at A level. So um, I, I do think things happen for a reason. And I do think that that was a kind of, if that hadn't have happened, that small, um, small hiccup, really, I wouldn't be where I am now. So that's pretty odd to think about but um when yeah when I was at school it was it's a very difficult subject and um I knew that I loved it but there was a lot about it that I didn't enjoy such as um relativity which we spent a lot of time on at A level and whenever I looked around the universities because my sixth form encouraged that um all the degree courses for physics involve relativity which was not um my passion I'm more of a problem solver um, than a theoretical um, physicist so that was when I realized that it was going to be something engineering based um, but yeah there wasn't I don't know too many other people from the school who ended up doing a similar thing to me um, but you know since I've joined the industry I'm really keen to advocate for women in engineering and women in STEM and um, Waterman do a women in engineering day and um, put a lot of effort into that every year and I'm always keen to get involved and um, I think as much as there are less women than men in the industry there's a real platform for women to um to talk and to present their ideas more so than men because of initiatives like women in engineering and women in STEM so um you shouldn't be intimidated and feel like you're going to get lost within this um this kind of career um, if anything, I think you have more of a platform to speak and motivate and get your ideas across. So um, I hope that no one is off, you know, put off by the de the current demographic. You know, things are changing, things are moving in the right direction, and um, it's all yeah, it's a great thing to be involved in. How did you end up being in a boys' sixth form college? Um, I went to a, a normal school secondary school and I was looking at six different sixth forms because I knew I wanted to move um I wanted to if I could if I got the GCSE grades I wanted to get into a grammar school um looked at various different grammar schools um, and eventually got the grades to go into quite a few of them to be honest um I was quite intimidated by walking into an all-girls school um 
I thought that a lot more scary than walking into a all boys sixth form. Obviously, the sixth form was mixed gender, um, much more boys than girls, and the girls' school would have been much more girls than boys. But um, you know, I've 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 been quite intimidated by large groups of girls in the past. So. Um, you know, it, I'm not sure if it was the right move in hindsight because um, the way they teach is completely different in a boys and a girls school. And I didn't realise um, the kind of effect that would have. Um, a lot of these boys grammar schools are quite, you know, I, I wouldn't even say tough love. They're just harsh. <laughs> um, it's just kind of really push you in the right direction by telling you that it's all going to go pear-shaped if you don't, you know, sort it out so whereas I'm a bit more kind of I need a bit of reassurance and um you know I think when you feel good about what you're doing and the work you're the work you're putting your time and effort into then you try harder but that wasn't quite their approach so um it was a difficult two years I did pick really difficult subjects which um again in hindsight I might not have done um but you know you can't regret anything that's happened because if anything had gone differently I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing now, um, which is, you know, I really love what I'm doing now, so no regrets. Well, you know, well done you for sticking with it because, you know, when I popped out of university with my engineering degree, I was totally intimidated by being surrounded by men in industry. Um, being surrounded by men in industry was so much harder than being surrounded by men at uni. Mm. Um, and so I feel really inspired hearing that you were just you just got on with it like what was it like um, pushing through like did you were there hard times um, did it teach you a lot like looking back what 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 did you gain thing is I think in in life no one likes change no one likes um, you know, moving schools, moving into a new company, moving jobs, things like that. Um, I've kind of forced myself to do it quite a lot. You know, I didn't have to move secondary school to a different sixth form. Um, you know, I then started university as well as work. Um, and you kind of throw yourself into it and you just try and um, kind of recreate yourself as a better version of yourself every time you go to a new place. Um and I was worried that when I started university and work, I would have um, kind of less connections and less friendships than if I'd have gone into university, which most of my friends did. Um, that has not been the case at all. I've got more, I know more people, you know, at work, it's a much more varied age range. Um, but I now have links with tons of professionals, you know, people at my university come from various different companies, um, TFL, not McDonald's, Arab, WSL. So um, it's really great to have such a, you know, a mixture of people that you're in contact with who, all, who are all going through the same thing. Um, again, at my uni, it's mainly, it is mainly boys on the course compared to women. But, um, you know, like I say, everyone's in the same boat. You do see sometimes um, people being kind of women being spoken to um, at meetings or in the office in a way that is um, not not right, you know, people getting awards and then men being really surprised that they've won the award, things like that. So um, there's, there's a bit of a way to go, but you just can't 
let these things get to you. You know, if you act the part, then people treat you the part. And um, I don't think there's any difference between being a male and a female in terms of what you can achieve as an engineer and the ideas you have. So as long as you're taken seriously, then there's no reason why you shouldn't be, you know, really achieving. You just seem so resilient. Like, what's driving you? Like, are you really fascinated by what you do? Um, and is that what's keeping you going? Or, yeah, what, what, what's driving you? Um, well, when I was at sixth form, they didn't do anything to encourage roots other than university. Um, like I say, I am one of very few people from my sixth form who didn't go. I think there might have been 10 or 15 people who didn't go to university. Um, every time you went to a careers event, it was they didn't tell you about anything else. Um, even when I left the school, they, they gave everyone a booklet when you left the sixth form that told you what grades everyone got and what university they went to. And right at the back, there was like an other section that had my name in it. Um, I didn't think it was a great way to great way to be because, you know, you could, you could understand why a grammar school would be worried about how many of their students get into Russell Group and Uxbridge Universities, but um, they, they're not really bothered about people as an individual. So... For me, I think when I left that sixth form, got this apprenticeship, um, much to everyone's dismay at school, um, you know, there wasn't there wasn't a lot of knowledge about it. None of my friends really understood what I was doing. Um, and it's been it's been amazing. I've been I'm so grateful for um, this kind of route being available. Um, I, I can't see any reason why it isn't the best. Well, everyone's different. It's definitely the best route for me. And, um, you know, in today's world, you really need a degree to do a lot of careers that you maybe didn't, um, you know, when our parents that were younger, things like that. So I think it's really important to have the academic, um, the academic background and you'd like to say you need a degree. But um, the issue is so many people are able to get a degree so easily now that when everyone comes out of university, it's a level playing field and you'll hear graduates all the time struggling to find a job because all the graduate um, all the graduate schemes usually require several years of work experience and graduates are like well how, how can it be a graduate opening and yet require work experience because you know we're all out of university we don't have any so um, although this route is five years potentially instead of three or four um, you'll finish with a degree five years of work experience in industry and um, you know if your company likes you you have a job guaranteed and um, it's really I think it's amazing you don't have any student debt and um, you've kind of applied all of the knowledge you've learned straight away so there's no kind of trying to bridge the gap when you get into a company because you've forgotten what you did several years ago and um, you're invaluable to a company because you are cheap labour to them but also because they've been able to train you up in the way that they want you to work so you're like their dream you know handmade employee so I really think it benefits everyone and you know whenever I do these um, ambassador events and things like this it's always talking about how great it is and how I think everyone should consider it and look into it and that really gives me a lot of um 
kind of satisfaction um, and makes me realise how lucky I am. I think you forget because, you know, you're absolutely snowed under with university work and then trying to work on top of that. So there are days when you think, oh, why have I done this? Um, But talking to people and explaining to them why what you do is amazing really um, makes you feel makes you feel good about it and keeps you going did you make that um choice knowingly um when I was like I say when I was at sixth form they always um said that you should apply for university even if that's not what you want to do and then you're like okay well if I'm gonna do that I might as well look around them and then once you've looked around them you do get kind of sucked into the wanting to go because everyone's like oh where have you where do you want to go I want to go here you know you're looking at halls you're thinking this is this looks fun and that definitely did happen and I applied for five universities and got offers from all of them and then I kind of narrowed it down to you know first and second option I was quite far through all of that before I realized that I didn't want to do it so I'd kind of I'd done my A-levels I'd done, you know, written the offers down and I was waiting for the um, waiting for the uh, results to come in. So it was that summer when I kind of had the wake-up realisation that I don't think it's for me. Um, I'm really, I get a lot more satisfaction out of working than I do out of studying. Um, I like a beginning and an end. I like to kind of, you do your work within your hours, you log off, you enjoy yourself, not the kind of constant looming cloud that is, you know, you could be revising more or you could be studying more. Um, the difficulties now I've kind of got both. Um, but I, that was that was what made me really think that, you know, I don't think I could do a full university full time. I didn't really enjoy a sixth form. That was a lot of work. So I thought, you know, that isn't for me. It's, it's a big, it's a lot of money and it isn't for me. So that was when I started to look for other other careers. Um, Waterman was the only company I actually applied to, and I got an interview and accepted, which was really, really lucky, <laughs> I suppose. I had a lot of friends who, all my friends at university, knew that this was what they wanted to do months beforehand and had gone to like 10, 15 interviews. So, um, you know, they had quite a different experience to me. They had a lot of companies to compare. I kind of realized what I wanted and then found this company and thought oh perfect and they they took me on so um it all kind of (laughs) all worked itself out and then when I got my grades back I actually didn't make the um grades that Waterman had told me that I needed to get in order to get onto the apprenticeship um it's normally I think two two C's to do the apprenticeship but because I hadn't done maths, they'd given me a much higher um, entry rate of, I think, ABB. Um, I didn't make that at A-level. I just missed it. So I was a bit concerned. I rang them up and I was, I said to them, that these, these are the grades I've got. Will you have me? Um, and the university accepted. So I think there's a real message there to a lot of people who are their own kind of worst enemy. And I think you should always let, um, let someone else turn you down. Don't be the kind of person who turns your turns away offers because they don't think it's going to work. Um, if I'd have looked at the application, saw, seen that it said 
you need a maths A level and not applied, then I wouldn't be where I am now. And if I'd have got my grades back and then kind of accepted defeat and not rang them up and tried to talk through other options, then I wouldn't I wouldn't be here again. So um, you should apply, apply to everything. You know, if you come across well and a company likes you, then they'll fight to have you. Um, you know, it's rare that normally you would have to do a foundation year degree to do what I'm to do an engineering degree. But um, like I say, if you don't ask for things, you don't get them and you shouldn't. You shouldn't turn things down. Let other people turn you down. That's my advice. <laughs> and have a thick skin when they do turn you down. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Hey, uh, listening to your thought processes, like you're just so smart. Like the idea of going and doing an apprenticeship where you're applying everything you're learning and you're getting hands-on experience, you're making connections you're building up your network I mean you're not you're not racking up a huge student debt I mean that is really really smart like hats off to you I must say our conversation is really smashing through an unconscious bias that I must have which is that apprenticeships are somehow less ranked less highly ranked than university Mm. and actually when I say that out loud I feel embarrassed that I think that because you know engineering is such a practical hands-on profession it is all about problem solving why wouldn't you be in the field kind of getting that experience like it's just such a smart decision to make because you know, even when I think about myself at university, I was doing all these equations and projects and I was working 20 hours a day. But not once did I ever connect what I was doing to the real world. And apprenticeships gives you just that. I think I, I agree with you. I think um, there's a lot of, say, stigma around the fact that people people do still think that apprenticeships are what they used to be, which is um probably more labor-based careers um that involved less entry requirements you know you wouldn't get the kind of qualifications that you can now um there's so many different options you can leave school at um 16 and get on to an earlier apprenticeship um you know there's level three up to level six so so many different options for different ages if you know six form or uni isn't for you um i find it is a battle sometimes, even at my company, who have now done apprenticeships for quite a few years. Um, they still like to say that I'm going to college on a Monday, which um, does grind my gears a bit because I'm like, no, it's university. It's not the same thing. Um, so, you know, you do have to battle that. I think at the end of the day, whatever anyone thinks, when you when I finish and I turn up to, if I ever went to a different company or something like that, if you turn up and you show them your credentials, you have a degree. So whether or not anyone wants to view that as the same thing, it's a university, it's a degree, it is the same qualification. So um, again, can't let what people say get to you too much about that kind of thing. Um, it is, it's such a valid option and a great route. They do apprenticeships now for um, careers that are even maybe less what you would think of as a good apprenticeship type 
um, type of route, such as you can do in things like civil service, I think. Um, I think there are law apprenticeships out there. So, so many different ones. And as, as a, you know, apprentice, I've now been there, like I say, nearly coming up to four years. And you have graduates join straight from university who do have to play a lot of catching up. You know, they're not familiar with the kind of software that certain companies use. Um, you know, every university probably does things slightly differently, but they, they'll never introduce you to all the different tricks of the trade that a real company would. Um, I'm quite quite skilled in quite a few different um, softwares now that graduates have never seen before. Um, and there's also things like practical practical kind of hands-on um, information that you wouldn't get from university. You know, I always talk about um, when I've done reinforcement design, um, you know, you, you sit there and you work out kind of what bars you need based on the area of steel you require. Um, and university would, you know, you'd come up with the numbers, you'd say, okay, I need um, this amount of steel, they, therefore these bars, these centres, done. Um, and then... I did, I did a similar exercise in the office and I, I gave it to someone to check and they were like, oh, you can't have bars, you know, at 300 spacings. And I was like, but, you know, it covers, you know, the air of steel's covered, you know, why not? And they were like, oh, because when they, when they put it together on site, their feet will go through the, the reinforcement and they'll, they'll hurt themselves. And I was like, oh, okay, fair enough. I won't do that again. And that's not something that university would ever care to tell you because, you know, it is more theoretical and it is it is the math. So all things like that, you just pick up from um, from being in a working environment. You know, on um, one of our projects recently, we've been working closely with the contractor so that any buildability issues are ironed out before we even start construction. So it's really interesting seeing the design of something um, kind of be questioned and spoken about because they're worried about how it's actually going to, come together on site which is something that you wouldn't um, get if you're just calculating and um, designing without any you know intent for building so um, there's so many benefits to working and studying at the same time um, it, is, it isn't easy definitely not um, I have a foot at my university days are nine till six with one hour lunch so it's just back-to-back -back lectures and then you know you've got to try and do your studying after 5 30 p.m when you finish work or 7 p.m if you've got to then commute home and you know at your weekends so um it's no mean feat which is why it's easy to get disheartened when people um don't appreciate the gravity of what you're trying to do and call it college um but <laughs> You know, it's definitely definitely a valid route, and and I would agree potentially better than going to university. Yeah. So, what is an average week like then for you? Um. So this this year, I think your university day changes. Mine does every year. So at the moment, it's on a Tuesday. So you know, nine till five thirty Monday. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and then um, nine till six on a Tuesday. Um, my campus for university is in London. So um, before COVID, it was commuting up to London every day. 
getting home about seven, half seven in the evenings. Um, and then, like I say, trying to fit in coursework, revision around that is quite challenging. Um, you know, you can, if you're, if you're good at that kind of thing, you can study on the train. Um, but luckily with university, it kind of comes and goes in batches. You know, there will suddenly be a coursework you've all got to pull together and get out within a few months. And then, you know, over Christmas, over the summer, you don't have, like a normal university, you don't have any lectures. So it's really nice because when you're, when you're, when you are doing the lectures, you think, oh God, this is so difficult. I can't wait till when it all goes away. And then, you know, summer comes, no lectures. And then you're like, oh goodness, now I've got to work an extra day in the office and then you can't wait for it to come back again. <laughs> so um, it's, it's good having the balance. Um, I really enjoy seeing my friends when I do go to university, um, you know, seeing what they're up to at work. And because we're all from different companies, whenever we do coursework, it's really, really interesting hearing, you know, their different approaches to things, what they pick up from, you know, they're different civil, um, like I say, everyone's just, everyone at my uni is doing civil engineering, but not everyone's structural. So everyone's got different experience and knowledge to share. And that's really, really interesting. Tell me about, about the engineering you actually do. I do go on site, probably not too often, maybe um, a couple of times a month. Um, just depends what projects you're doing. You know, if you're, I've recently worked on a project where we had to validate record drawings and I went on to the site and you know a couple of times a week for a few weeks and then that stopped so it it does vary depending on what project you're working on and it's really great seeing something you've designed being um, assembled and put up in real life so it's really invaluable and it's great to meet with the team in person um, instead of just being on um, Microsoft Teams calls with them um, in terms of engineering, I do a mixture of drafting and engineering tasks. So drafting is using um, software like Revit or AutoCAD to create drawings, create 3D models, um, which is the, you know, the building modeling information, which is given out to the other members of the design team and the client. So um, there is probably half of my role is that and the other half is um, engineering design tasks so that can vary from you know designing a beam by hand or a column by hand to um, setting up 3D models in software like master frame or um, stad so that you can basically analyze them um, on the computer instead so that's you know it's quite varied there's loads of different things I really enjoyed graphic design at school and I feel like a lot of that is represented in the BIM modelling that we do in things like Revit. Um, I'm a bit of a perfectionist, so creating drawings and, you know, issuing them correctly, that that really, um, I really enjoy that as well. A lot of people don't. Um, so, you know, loads of different things to do. Of course, the um, most of the actual engineers don't have such a varied skill set because they don't do all the drafting and Revit side of things. So. Um, and like doing an apprenticeship or really breeds a kind of new generation of engineer who's able to design something themselves and then go and model it themselves. Um, so, yeah, it's very, very varied, um, loads of different things. Obviously, as you progress through the apprenticeship, you can take on more um, extensive and 
important tasks um, in terms of the design of the building, but it involves a lot of help and assistance from your colleagues because you're a real investment for them and for the company. So it does take a lot of time because someone has to either sit with you and help you or really go through and check what you've done. Um, but the more you do these tasks, the more competent you become and then the less there is a need for someone to be looking over your shoulder all the time. So, um, you know, it's it's it takes a while to get going, but you build up your experience over these five years and this is all, all things you've got to evidence as part of an apprenticeship or, you know, becoming incorporated with the um, ICE at the end of it, the Institute of Civil Engineers. So, um, yeah, it's all important, just build up as the years go on. Are you ever sitting in a university lecture thinking, uh, well, this is really a waste of time because I've just done this at work and this is the reality? Uh, yeah, I wouldn't say a waste of time. I think there's some things I've done that uh, um, I've already, already knew how to do them, but that is a really nice feeling because a lot of the time I'm sat there and I'm like, I don't know what's, what's going on. Um, We've done topics like hydraulics and fluid mechanics, which we don't even use at work because, like I say, we're structural more than civil at Waterman. So things like that. I'm usually sat in them lectures thinking, oh, God, this is really difficult. <laughs> so when there does come along a Revit or a structures lecture and um, that I've already already know how to do it, that's um, always a lovely relief. So um, when these when courseworks come along and group projects that involve and the things that you're really good at is really nice to have a chance to show even the lecturers that you've kind of already done this, you've got experience in it. Um, you know, you're, you're able to do things that the full-time students are just, they're just following the lecture notes, but you've kind of got hands-on real-life experience. So, yeah, really beneficial. What kind of people do you collaborate with? In the office, there's um, many different people who can help you and work with you. Um, you have kind of, you have apprentices are probably the youngest generation of engineer. Um, you know, you've got graduates, you've got um, design engineers, senior engineers, directors. Um, it depends what project you're doing as to what kind of experience level you need to be working with. Um, I've, I'm currently working on a project where it's just me and my director um, I'm working on another project where it's me, a senior engineer and a graduate. So um, many different people of many different ages and experiences. Um, it's really great to, there's some really inspirational people at my office who it's amazing to work with and see them work and learn from them, um, which is, you know, something that is very unique to the apprenticeship group. Um, like I say, at university, you've got people from, all different companies so you know you can pull together on a project and you know I had friends from TFL who'd been working on site and they'd done a lot of surveying um, whereas I hadn't had any hands-on surveying experience so they can kind of show you how to do that and you can help them when it comes to things like structural analysis and design and um, you know I've got people who work on Thames Water and the HS2 who I can speak to about different things so um, that is really interesting because at a normal university, you're all obviously doing the same course. And um, unless you're doing work experience in the summer, you kind of only know what they're telling you. So 
it's really nice to be able to pull in loads of different disciplines, loads of different experiences and all collaborate together, um, you know, both at, mainly at university, but then at work, you know, you've got people from different ages, um, you know, many of the older directors, um, structural engineering has changed a lot since they were in my position, you know, we've moved from British standards to Euro codes, um, you know, many other changes have happened a lot of materials that you know might have been you know asbestos being the most famous one but um or infamous but people you know designed things differently that's how they did back then it used to be a lot of you know loaded masonry and things like that and now it's obviously a lot of steel frame and even like structural glass things like that so structural engineering is constantly evolving and changing and speaking to people with different um kind of life experience who are working in the same company as you and you know they've worked they've all worked for different companies before and you know some used to be an architect or you know a quantity surveyor or project manager and you know move careers so um between the between the two you meet a lot of really interesting and vibrant people who can teach you a lot what do you find most rewarding about the engineering that you do being a structure engineer is, is really rewarding because you get to see the work you do in action. So, um, you know, say you worked for Thames Water, um, obviously you may go on visits where you go underground and look at the tunnels you've produced, but it's not something that people walk past and marvel at um, in the street. So there's a real, um, you know, fulfilment from seeing something you've, done the design for work in action and what's been most re rewarding for you so I'm currently working on a project which um is confidential <laughs> but it's my favorite building um I'd say yeah ever <laughs> um it's in yeah it's in London and it means a lot to me and it was a real um coincidence that one of the teams in my company started working on it and it wasn't my team initially. And because I was, you know, um, skilled in a software that they needed me to use, or they needed someone to build a model in, um, they came and asked me if I was happy to work on it, which was by chance and really, really great. So um, I'm now, you know, pretty much working full time on a project that is really important to me. Um, so, that, that kind of thing is really amazing. I know that when I finish my apprenticeship, I'll have to produce a lot of evidence to show that I've carried out, a, you know, a lot of design for a certain project. And luckily this one that means a lot to me has come just at the end of my apprenticeship. So that will be what, you know, a lot of my degree will be based on. And if I have to write a dissertation, that will probably be what that is. Um, that will be the topic. So that's that's really you know a one-off experience there's within structural engineering you can work on all different kinds of projects and um, my old team used to work on a lot of schools and um, there's a team that does a lot of shopping centers and you know really huge buildings in London that are amazing and um, my current team is working on a job at the moment which is um, right behind the Piccadilly lights um, I think that's really interesting. I haven't done too much work on that, but I have been on site to, to see it. And it's, 
you know, there's there is something really amazing about walking past past them and being like, oh, that's my that's my team's building over there that we're doing. So, um, you know, you're kind of changing the London skyline and playing a large role in that. Um, you know, I do feel like architects get a lot of recognition for these beautiful buildings, but um, you are playing a role in it, and that's something that will live on longer than you will. Um, and you know, people will be able to marvel at things that you've designed. Hopefully, as long as they don't fall down again in um, many years to come. So it's a really fulfilling role. What do you personally find most challenging about what you do in engineering? Um, for me, at the moment, I think the challenge comes from a lack of experience. Um, I haven't been working for fifty years, so I haven't seen many different projects evolve and the kind of solutions that they use for different um, different problems that they face. So um, I find it hard, or I, I need guidance at the moment for coming up with solutions. Um, and I look forward really to the day when a client or, you know, one of the design team present me with a challenge and I have to, you know, look at the constraints and find a way to overcome it. So that's the biggest challenge for me at the moment is um, not having enough experience to do these kind of things independently. But, you know, when I first joined, I found it a lot more scary because you, like I say, you don't, you, I didn't know anything about structural engineering at all. So they ask you to do something and you don't realize the real gravity of, well, you, I used to think it was a lot scarier than it was because you're thinking, Oh my God, they've just, they've said I have to design all the columns in this school what if I get it wrong and like the columns fall down and then the kids, you know, <laughs> it's, um, it is a lot of responsibility, but obviously people are going to check my work before it, <laughs> before it gets built. So, you know, and there's a lot of factors of safety and things like that involved. So, and the more, you know, the more faith you have in the work you're doing. Um, so that will get more and more as, you know, I progress and it gets less and less scary, the more, you know, so, um, <laughs> Yeah, a lot more confident than I was at the start. What advice would you have for anyone that's considering a career in engineering? Um, maybe it might be advice that you wished you had had at their age. I think for anyone considering engineering who doesn't know too much about it, um, I would maybe try and do some work experience, you know, in the summer. Um, in the evenings you know a lot of companies especially like Waterman definitely does this um, where you can go and work for them in the summer and basically just see if it's for you um, when I was at school I did a I had a lot of different ideas about what I might be good at um, I was a bit of kind of an all-rounder with my grades so it was hard often hard to tell what I should do because I was okay at everything um, but a lot of different experiences especially work experience made me realize that I didn't want to do certain things so it's not um it's not a defeat to go and try something and not want to do it if it is a massive success because you've narrowed down something that you don't want to do so um you know don't be put off by you know who you think should be an engineer whether you you know you're a woman and you don't want you don't think that there's enough women in there or things like that I think just go for it you know, I think as an engineer, if you're quite um, quite a good thinker and you really like to solve problems, then engineering is probably good for you. I 
a lot of people say is you, you know you do have to have a real passion for maths um I don't really I find I, I really enjoy basic maths and equations and you know real life application um I don't like really difficult maths so don't think that it is some something for people who like really really difficult maths and physics things like that um you know give it a go see if you can get a placement with a company and see how it works out um you know reach out to people there's so many people on you know on linkedin online um who are willing to talk about this kind of thing you know people like me um if you're interested in apprenticeships there's many different websites you can look at um the government so gov.uk advertise a lot of apprenticeships on their website um and there's one called not going to uni which i looked at as well but like i say there are apprenticeships for you know when you're 16 when you're 18 you know you can come and do this like on our apprentices apprentices at my university who are in their like 40s and above so it's never too late um and i don't think you should put too much pressure on yourself to make the right career decision now um you obviously don't want to do anything that's a waste of time but at the same time you know you speak to most adults they haven't just left school started a career and done that job for the rest of their life there's often a lot of moving about so don't let it overwhelm you you know there's plenty of time to make these decisions well it's just been so amazing to sort of like hear your story um I still can't quite um, sort of believe that you are not phased by the fact that you're doing something that's so um, sort of unconventionally feminine. Um, and you just seem so like into what you're doing and you seem very focused on your goals of like finishing this apprenticeship, getting a good job, um, and, and just working your way up. And uh, I must say that your, your, your unblinkered sort of um, focus is just really aspirational. Um, and I wish you all the best with what you're doing. Um, it's really, really, the choices you've made are just so smart. Uh, I can really understand why someone who truly ha is an engineer um, in their heart, which I believe you to be, um, will only ever benefit from doing something like an apprenticeship where you're really hands-on. So well done you and, and good luck. Thank you. Thanks for listening and please do subscribe to this podcast and maybe even rate and review it if you can. The more ratings and reviews and the more interest from those trusty algorithms, which could help to increase the reach of this show. And you can watch the video recording of this conversation on YouTube on my new series, Esteemed. It's all about self-discovery, self-evolution and inclusivity on innovation. So let's just all strive to be the best versions of ourselves and celebrate others being themselves too. As always, be kind and loving and I wish you all a great week.